welcome to the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Welcome to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, the PCs have an epiphany. They realize, are they the bad guys? They might be. Let's find out this week. So this intro is going to be a little different than other intros because I'm supposed to be halfway around the world right now, and I'm recording this intro way ahead of when I normally do the recordings of this show. What I normally do is I usually listen to the show and then record my intro. That way it's fresh in my head. I am not doing that because I'm not supposed to be around, so I'm recording this weeks ahead of time. I don't even know what the shows are going to be about because, well, I keep telling you, I'm recording this ahead of time. So what does that mean? What are we going to do here? Well, I'm going to do a special two-part episode where I'm going to talk about the show in general, how we record it, how we put it together, basically behind the scenes. I thought people would be interested in that. A lot of people ask me about how we make the show. So I'm going to get into it. I'll talk a little bit about just general policy of you know like role-playing and how we keep the team together. I'll talk about how I record the show in some detail and, you know, just go into that. So with that, let's get into the first part, and that is how the heck do we do this? The very first thing that's very important is that we have to get together on a regularly scheduled basis. The number one reason that these types of adventures, whether it be Pathfinder or Starfinder or 5e or any group, falls apart is scheduling. Number one, everybody, whether you're an adult or a kid, is scheduling. So with that, I will tell you right now that I am a total beast when it comes to scheduling. I am super, super tough when it comes to scheduling. I try to record every single week. As you probably all know, I do Three Ring Adventure on Sunday nights, and we do Agents of Edge Watch on Monday nights. We try to record every week. And the weeks we don't record, I'm actually pretty tough on everyone if they can't make it. Now, I'm usually okay missing a show or two, because we're usually able to get two episodes, two podcast episodes from each recording. A minimum, obviously, of one, but usually two. Which means is as long as we're recording, let's say, once a week, every other week, we'll have enough shows. Obviously, like, if we record once a week for a month, that's eight episodes right there. Well, a minimum of four. So we'll say six. So as long as we're recording two-thirds of the year, I'll have enough shows to use for the podcast. Now, sometimes we've taken off. Once, for Dead Sons, I think we took off for three months because of issues with people. So, you can take off time, and I like to put a lot of episodes in the can. I'm usually weeks, if not months, ahead of time. For example, with Agents of Edgewatch right now, we're towards the end of Book 3. Even though we just started Book 3 of the podcast... We are months and months ahead of schedule. In fact, the episodes you're hearing now, I believe we recorded in... I'm actually just looking at my notes. We recorded those way back in... Oh, not that far away. Okay, September. So a little bit less than three months ago is the ones that you're listening to now. But it's different for each one because in Three Ring Adventure, 
We're actually only a few weeks ahead of schedule. In fact, the ones you're listening to now were recorded in mid-October. So we're just about a month and a half ahead of schedule for Three Ring Adventure. And this will fluctuate. As long as we're a little bit ahead, we could take off a couple weeks. We could take off time for the holidays, if there's family emergencies and things like that. What that means is that if you're going to be doing this with your group, I strongly suggest that you come up with a single day a week and stick to that schedule. The other thing is that I go out of my way to not do things on Sunday nights or Monday nights to the point that my friends and family know that I'm recording a show. They know that I'm not going to be around for those nights. They know not to try to do things with me those nights because I cannot be around because I am recording Roll for Combat. That is how important it is. And I try to tell everyone else, you know, try. Obviously, they have lives, and it's like, wow, that sounds really strict of you, Steve. Well, you know, if you're going to be in a show and you're going to try to commit yourself to having fun, you really should schedule your fun. I know it sounds silly. It's like, schedule your fun? I used to have friends in college who did this. They scheduled, like, every minute of their lives, and they used to schedule having fun. And I thought they were totally silly for that. Well, I see the method of their madness. I see the error of my ways. And you know what? Scheduling fun is a very good idea. And in this case, I'm scheduling my fun with my friends. And it works out great. Everyone has something they can look forward to. I can spend time preparing for the show, especially as the GM. I can make sure everything's ready. And I can rest and relax and get right to it. As for the recording itself... There's a million ways to do these recordings, especially now. When I first started doing this four and a half years ago, there was one way. That's it. There was nothing else out there. We use a program called Craig, and we record on Discord. The reason I use Craig is it allows me to record every single person in a separate channel. That is super duper important. You want to have everyone in separate channels, so if someone sneezes, or their doorbell rings, or the kids are screaming, or the dogs are barking, I can take them out. In the old days, almost every single episode I know, people were using Skype. <laughs> Remember Skype? Remember how it used to take over the world? Man, things have changed. Anyhow, the problem with Skype, even though it sounded really good, is that everyone was recorded in one channel, which means if someone sneezed, you couldn't take it out. Everyone was smack dab in a single channel. What I record is everyone in separate channels. So Chris and Jason and Vanessa and Lauren are in their own channels, I can edit them, I can change their levels, and can do whatever needs to be done, and it doesn't affect anyone else. Right now, there's a million programs out there that do this, so there's lots of options. If you're going to be starting a podcast, it's really easy right now. But back in the day, we were using Craig. I still use Craig today. I also use a program called NUCast, which allows me to record from people's desktops directly. That was another way people used to do it back in the day, is that they would make everyone record using Audacity, they would clap to sync up, and then they would send their Audacity recordings to single person who would then sync them up. The problem with that method is that if people messed up their Audacity recordings, which I myself have done, then they sound terrible because not everyone knows how to use Audacity on their own computers. So this is really the best way to do it. I also have yet another backup, believe it or not. I have three backups. I also use OBS, which records everyone and everything that's heard through my computer and I have unfortunately 
more than once had to use the backup of my backup of my backup because things just go wrong. Every so often, because we're using a recording tool through Chrome, Chrome had a bug in it just this summer where I was adding clicks to everyone's soundtracks. That sucked, let me tell you. It took a lot of time and a lot of effort to remove those clicks. So when you hear the audio and you think, oh, it doesn't sound quite as good as some of the other shows, keep in mind we're all recording remotely, everyone has different setups, everyone has different internet speeds, and we're doing our absolute best. In fact, if you're doing a show and you also are doing remotely, I'd love to hear how you do it because I do what I know and this is what I know. And I find it works pretty well for us, but I'd be curious, especially since the technology has changed. When I set this up, there was only one game in town. Now there's so many different ways to do recordings. I'd love to hear how other people do it. And almost everyone does it remotely. Back in the day when I first started four and a half years ago, every single actual play that I heard was people recording in the same room using professional mics and setups. So they all sounded great. No one was doing it remotely. It was very rare. Now the tables have flipped. Almost everyone does it remotely. And anyone who does a really good job, I'd love to hear how you do it. After everything's recorded, I bring it down onto my computer. I organize it into a filing system. I basically label the show, put down the date, and put it onto my Dropbox account. That way, if something happens to my computer, I will have the show at all times. Also, it allows me to edit anywhere in the world. I usually try to edit on my desktop computer and not on a laptop because audio editing requires a huge amount of horsepower. So I try to do that on my desktop, but this way by having it on a cloud system, first, if something happens to my computer, I don't lose the recording, which has happened in the past. Believe me, it sucks. The other thing is I can then edit it anywhere in the world because it's on the cloud. But that's where I'm going to leave off right now. Part two is I'm going to talk about how I actually edit the recording and put it up for everyone to listen to. Hopefully you found this sort of interesting. If you have any questions or comments, do go to the Discord channel. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have about how the show is made, give you a little bit behind-the-scenes tour, and with that, let's get to this week's show notes. Show notes this week, very simple. I'm recording this early, so let's just go evergreen, shall we? Do check out RPG Superstar, where public voting is going on right now. That's right. You too can vote for your favorite monster. Check out RPG Superstar. Check out all the great monsters. Find out ones that you like. Find the ones you don't like. Put down your comments. Make a vote. Do it today. Battles of Bestiary. Check it out. Battles of Bestiary for Pathfinder 2nd Edition is out now. They're really cool monster part system where you too can start killing monsters and making magic weapons and items from those monsters. You can order it now, go to battlezoo.com, check it out. You can also download and start using Foundry VTT for Battlezoo and Pathfinder 2nd Edition. The 5e edition should be out very soon. The book is done. We're just doing some proofreading and doing some testing. But do check that out and order that because that's going to come out very soon. And for those who use Roll20 or Fantasy Grounds, those are being worked on as well. Hopefully by January, both of those will be out. Again, we started a little late. Normally, the way other people do it and why they're able to come out with these so quickly, they finish these books months before the VTTs are done. So they usually finish the book about three to four months before it's actually published. So they give it to their authors who then make the VTTs, and then those all come out at the same time. 
I'm doing it, well, as they're being done. So as soon as the book is done, I'm giving it to the VTT authors, and they usually need two to three months to then convert the book into Roll20 or Foundry or Fantasy Grounds. So I'm doing it a little slower, but again, this is my first time. This is a Kickstarter, so we're just, you know, going as quickly as possible. But for the next Kickstarter, I'm gonna to try to preload it and do a little bit more like how Paizo and Watsi does it, where everything is pretty much ready to go or close to ready to go. And then you'll get the items sort of simultaneously. That's what we're gonna to try to do in the future. Also, make sure you check out the Discord channel. Just go to discord.rollforcommon.com where you could talk all about Battles Your Best Era. You could talk all about RPG Superstar. You can play games. You can chat about the episodes. You can chat with me. You can chat with everyone in the Roll for Combat crew. Go there. Have fun. Relax. It's a good time. Check out RollForCombat.com. You can check out Jason McDonald's Talking Combat column where he goes through every single episode ever made and writes about each one in detail. So if you want to catch up on some of the old shows, you could just read his talking combat. You don't even have to listen to them if you don't want. That's right. It's a cheat system. And don't forget, check out the Patreon. That's right. Just go to patreon.rollforcombat.com and you too can contribute, help out the show, and listen to the shows early. And you can even listen to us and talk to us while we're recording the shows. That's right. It's a lot of fun. People have a good time making fun of us while we're recording the shows. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you finished the Wellspring Tower. And you made it spring that well. You made it do what it's supposed to do. And that is bring water and life to the area. Now, it'll probably take a little while because them Zolgaths were draining that Aeon Orb like nobody's business. But Acheron said, hey, I know how to fix this. Let me just flip this switch here and that switch there and kick this thing over there and bing, bam, boom. And what do you know? All done. And now you have the ability to breathe underwater and use water magic, whether Hap likes it or not. Hap can just pretend that it doesn't exist. They can just never use it, ever. I'm like a cat. I don't like the water. I don't want to get wet. Lauren Sig is playing Hap, a human fire elementalist sorcerer. Yeah, I know, but it's a gift from the gods. You gotta bathe sometime. Vanessa Hoskins is playing Alhara Veris, a half-elf gymnast swashbuckler. It's a gift from a god, not, maybe even the god. And if you want to forsake it, you can. But I promise you, you will never get it again. So whenever you wish to forsake your gift from Aridin's ghost, you let me know, and I will remove that from your sheet forever. In the meantime, everyone else seems to enjoy their newfound powers. I think I saw Alhara putting her head in a trough in town for like five minutes just to see if she could. I, I want to bet, actually. Oh, there you go. See, that's that's the real use of Aridin's <laughs> power. Winning bar bets. There hey, it's all go. about community and involving people. and So, sure, why not? Rob Pontius is playing Otteron, a human witch of curses. 
wasn't one of the guises of Aridin like a trickster or a con artist? I'm sure he'd think it was fine. Actually, well, if true. you talk to the people in Arcadia, I'm sure they'd agree he was a con artist. Ooh. Or the Zolgaths. Or the Zolgaths. Well, I think for them, he was just a thief. <laughs> yeah, that was straight up thievery. It's like, yeah. <laughs> nice Aeon orbs you have there. Yoink. <laughs> I see you got six Aeon orbs. You won't need five of them, will you? Yoink. Yoink. Yeah. Yoink, yoink, yoink. Didn't your empire fall a long time ago, and that's why you live in these dark lands? Okay, bye. I mean, in all fairness, that was a long time ago, and they seem to be doing fine. Fine enough that they can lead an invasion. They yeah. didn't. <laughs> Believe it or not, if you if you remember, and, and you guys kind of covered over this, before Aridin borrowed the orbs, borrowed. they had an amazingly advanced, peaceful, godlike, good culture. And they were incredibly advanced. So advanced that Aridin's like, wow, I could use these things. Look at how well they're doing down here. You won't miss them, will you? And then a couple thousand years later, Zolgath Central and Zeg Gebezeb. Anyhow, you keep doing what you're doing. You, um... You're on the right side of history, right? A thousand years later, <laughs> they have now chosen this lifestyle, right? Like, it's a thousand years. They could come to the surface, you know, they could they could barter with the surface. No, no, no. They choose to stay down there. You know, it's a thousand years. Are you sure they chose it? They weren't forced to? Rob Termarco is playing Darius Varus, a half-elf monk of the mountain style. Well, we should ask him, because if they were forced to stay down there, then that's some BS. Yeah. All I know is, um, I don't know if you're really the good guys. I mean, you think you're the good guys, and everyone up here thinks they're the good guys. But everyone's the good guy in their own story. Are we the baddies? No. Anyhow, um, yeah, uh, you go back to town, win some bar bets, go to sleep, wake up. And everybody's level 10. Plus, you had thousands and thousands of gold pieces because that diamond was worth like two grand. And you can either put that diamond away for a rainy day when you need to raise someone from the dead. What? What? That never happens in this party. Nope. (laughs) At least not by you guys. We haven't needed to raise it because it's been done. It's been done by gods. <laughs> that sounds good. Let's just do that again next time. Darius, by Everybody. the way, your yeah. skin is starting to get a little clammy. It's starting to look almost like, I don't Uh-oh. know, you're starting to look a little insecty. Am I? What a nice exoskeleton you have there. Yeah. Do I look insect-like now? Not yet. Not yet. You're not You're not Jeff Goldblum fly yet. Yeah. But you're getting there. Jeez. For real? Uh oh. Nah, not really. But okay, that good. would be funny. That would be terrifying. That would be terrible. I, mean. <laughs> I can hear the fear in Rob's voice. He's like, wait, have I? What? No, no, no. You can't hear my fear, but it was immense. That sounds awful. <laughs> it sounds awfully. Well, think of this way you can get really high in the Red Mansa Society because they look at you like you're like the chosen one. Maybe you, can, uh... you literally you were the chosen one. It looks Sorry, like what? you're growing an exoskeleton. Do you have shingles? I'm just going to say, uh, one he uh, did have a wear mantis, so... 
Can it really be that far behind for two weeks? Oh, geez. Anyhow, um, we got a lot of things to go over. First, level 10. Level 10's a big level. So big, in fact, you guys tell me. Go in whatever order you wish. Tell me what fun things you bought, did, look for. Also, I also know that people want to retrain, and you want to get, like, new Secrets of Magic stuff, and you want to get new Grand Bazaar stuff. And new stuff from books that are coming out from three years from now. So I believe the problem is you're in Madden Cleave, which is like a level two or three settlement. And then Carrick, I believe, is a level six settlement. So either you're going to have to special order. Yeah, settlement six. So you either have to special order it like they used to do. You have to find the Sears Robach Galarian catalog. Find what high-level items you want, order them, and then wait two weeks, and they will show up just like they did in the olden days. Who wants to go first? I'll go first if y'all don't mind. Go for it. So, yeah. so level 10 is a, it's a kind of a big deal. Uh, the stat increases are nice. My dexterity now has a plus 5 bonus, except my armor still caps it at plus 4, so that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. Uh, but it still does make a lot of my skills and, and finesse attacks better, which is pretty cool. Uh, I picked up a new skill feat. I got Kip Up. I have to be a master in acrobatics, but I can stand up as a free action that doesn't trigger reactions. So if I ever get knocked on my ass, whether from critically failing a trip attack or something like that, I can just bounce right back up and it's no big deal. Um, I also picked up... Uh, for my swashbuckler feet, I almost I also got reflexive repost. Uh, what it basically does is gives me an additional reaction each turn that can only be used for opportune repost. So now, theoretically, uh, a baddie can run up to me through my threatened area, and I can attack of opportunity them, and then they can attack me. And if they crit fail, I can still repost on them. I didn't. I, I can theoretically get two reactions around, which is pretty cool. And then the last thing I got with my fun, free dedication, free archetype, uh, is I picked up something from Staff Acrobat that I have had my eye on since level one, and that is Whirlwind Stance. So it is a one action to get into the stance. I have to have my staff out, and it gives me a plus two circumstance bonus to armor class as long as I remain in the stance. Um, unlike Mountain Stance, I don't have to be on the ground. I can jump around and flip all over the place. But basically, it's like whirling your staff back in front of you over and over like she does when she parries. But now she just does it so naturally. It's super fast and super effective. Okie dokie. Cool. And you have... Do you have a 20 in anything now? 20 what? In any of your ability scores. Uh, yeah, I got a, a 20 in dexterity. Mm, so that's, that's an imagining number because... Unlike old editions of Pathfinder, where you can be like, you got a 20? Please. I had that at level 0. At level 10, I have like a 32 in my decks. Now it's like, nope. There's no way to go above 20 until you're level 10. At least no way that I know of. Yeah. It's maxed out. One choice I did make, though. So my strength was 18 going into level 10. I did not choose to raise it to 19 at this time. Uh, because it wouldn't give me a bonus. Instead, I bumped Wisdom and Charisma uh, and Constitution, because that's important. But I felt like I felt like 
Alhara's really learned a lot of things and she's being a bit more cautious. She's come near death a bunch of times. I think she's going to focus on, like, her, her wisdom is definitely increasing and she's making better decisions. And she's also had to sort of step it up as a leader. So I went ahead and put a point into charisma as well. Why don't we do Darius next, the other half of the uh, duo? All right. Well, Darius did go for the plus one to strength, so he's got a 19, future 20 in the making. And, you know, Constitution 18, so now he's got, you know, a school bus full of hit points, 158. That ought to, you know, work for at least one critical before he goes down. Um, then, for his feet, skill feet, I took advanced first aid. Which means, instead of stabilizing or stopping bleeding, I can reduce an ally's frightened or sickened condition by two. Or remove those conditions entirely on a critical success, which is kind of cool. Uh, then... His monkly feet, I took one inch punch. I can Ooh. do a two or three action punch that increases the number of dice with each action I take up to some ridiculous, you know, I could do, you know, essentially putting all the force of all my attacks in one hit, which is going to be great. And yeah, one inch punch actually is very, that's actually probably one of my absolute favorite. It's feats. a very good one. It's very good. It's it's uh, it's a little bit all or nothing, but oh boy, is it an all or nothing? Well, and it's so dramatic. Gargantuan damage. What's real cool, if I do the one-inch punch two action, and then a true strike, right, as one of my, you know, right. granted uh, archetype spells, you know, that would be real helpful. Um, and then I got, for my archetype feat, there's a cleric feat called Rapid Response as a reaction. Uh, if someone... Needs assistance. Drops to zero hit points. As a triggering action, I stride toward them with a plus 10 foot circumstance bonus to my speed. Which, even in mountain stance, is 40 feet. So that would be a 50 foot move toward whoever just dropped to zero. Wow. Which so, real if people cool. die, then it's Darius's fault. Got it. Correct. We just have to scream medic really loud. Medic! No longer, <laughs> no longer Otteron's fault. Now it's Darius's fault. Okay. Well, look, once I have my turn, we'll talk about if people dying are my fault. Well, it's someone's fault. It's not my fault. It's yours, Steven. Not my fault. Let's see how your hand wraps of shocking punchiness does there. Let's see. Yeah. Well, it's not that good. Wait, the one inch. Oh, because I give you the extra damage. Hey, look at that. Oof. You would have had uh, the three action one inch punches an extra 48. So yeah, could Ooh. do sixty-eight points of damage. Holy crap! Well, that's with good. the three-action punch. But even the two-action punch is forty-eight. You're in a good flanking position. I could see going for that three-action, especially oh, if you've haste up to give you that stride action for free. Yeah, I would definitely like do that first, you know, and then, you know, just to well, I have a lot of hit points before I have to get real creative with things. <laughs> right. Okay. Doki, who's next? Not everyone speak up. There's only two people. Two people. I need to go last. All right, well, then that oh. makes Hap up. Very <laughs> that well. That makes it easy. If you have to go last, then Hap, you're next. Level 10 is not only a big level, it's also the pinnacle level. This is the level where everything finally comes together. I'm no longer playing catch-up with Hap's build. It now works as intended because every choice absolutely changes the game. 
The first choice I got to take was my free archetype is Inspirational Performance from Bard. So now I can use one action for Inspire Courage. Give everybody plus one to hit and plus one to damage and plus one to saves against fear. This is going to make Riley's math a lot more competitive and a lot more attractive when he's in combat. On top of that, because of Secrets of Magic now, I have Protect Companion, so Riley can actually stay in combat and he can take a lot more damage. So it's not going to be just, oh no, is he going to die because he's up there? Nah, he'll be fine, my man. He'll be just fine. On top of that, Signature Spell Expansion. <laughs> my spell list has been... A struggle. I get that sorcerers have fewer spells, but man, it's a lot fewer, and you really feel it when you're needing to get some versatility in there. So signature spell expansion is going to let me it let me take two other spells as signature spells. For me, that was um, resist energy because that has a few other levels and it helps everybody, and scorching ray, which is also a new secrets of magic skill because that just feels. Like, it should be one of Hap's signatures, you know? Just throwing fire around. And then the last one is I took a big hit when we found out that Hap was an Ifrit. Because I lost uh, the human-skilled thing. Which meant my diplomacy took a hit. And at this level, I was able to take impressive performance. So that I can use my performance skill to do diplomacy. And since my performance is plus 21... I think that's going to be pretty good. That's really cool. Okay. Pretty awesome. And what so about got a lot of stuff? Shopping. Yeah, I do have shopping. to do some shopping. Wait, uh, we're going to go shopping before we talk about Atron? Atron doesn't want to tell anyone. Well, I can, but what I end up crafting depends on how much money Hap gives me. Oh, how much money do you want? Mm, how about 33 gold? Okay, boom, done. Sweet. All right. Because <laughs> when, when you said the list of like options, I, I I didn't get the chance, but I wanted to just say all of the above. So, do you want more than thirty three? No, we can we can go from there. Okay. After I go, you tell all right, me. Cool. Well, speaking of shopping, I'm I'm gonna have to place an order in my Absalom Robuck catalog. I really want to get the um, Crown of the Fire Eater, but Stephen, I don't actually want to get like. This is the crown of the fire eater. I want to get like a special order amulet that resonates, or like a crown, whatever, that resonates with Hap's like internal elemental, and it, it just awakens the natural fire eater inside. You know? Same gold, same stats, it just, I want it to come from within her rather than from this little crown. And I'm also ordering the coin of comfort, which I, okay. This one I'm going to go out on a limb with, and you can tell me, no, it can't work like that. What I want to do is Coin of Comfort's 45 gold pieces. I want to spend $45 ordering something, or 45 GP, ordering something really nice for my dad. Just a nice Aww, present to say, you nice. know, I love Aww. you, and I'm still thinking about you, and I'm just, I just, I'm just so happy to have you in my life. And then I want to use my Necklace of Fireballs, which I will literally never cast a spell from because I don't want to run out of the gems. I want to rub the gem and remember him and have like that be my little coin of comfort. That's nice. Um, okay. <laughs> you gotta make it complex. I'm just putting down regular items. You can put down regular, but you flavor, for the flavor whatever of it, you yeah. want. You, you flavor it however you want. You have a coin of comfort. You'll get some 
thingamabog that does something and um sure i i whatever yeah you can order from absalom i guess they'll have these things in shop in stock i mean you know there is a shipping crisis right now so i don't ah, know if you're gonna get it in so time, true but, um, oh i didn't even notice that the coin of comforts uncommon also yeah everything so I'll, I'll get an in uncommon present for dad pretty much almost well, everything hey, guys. in that book so in so character, uncommon. I need you to help me pick out a really nice present for Dad. It needs to be forty-five gold pieces. <laughs> I got a budget. I thought about what about like a really nice walking stick with maybe like really rare metals. You know, like this walking stick's made out of meteorite. Sounds good. That's what you okay. got. Okay. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Sounds heavy, but I, I found this so meteorite heavy, sword. I can't lift it. Yeah, we could say we found a meteorite sword that maybe like a fighter from the far south lost in a long mm -hmm. time ago war, and we'll turn it into a walking stick. That's a Avatar reference. It is. Yes. All right. My turn? Yes. All right. So Otteron is continuing their witchy studies and has learned a fair bit more on the spirits. To the point that they can now call on the spirits of the dead, the wrong dead, to attack people in area. That's the new spell, Invoke Spirits. They also learned Shadow Blast, which allows you to call on shadow energy to do all different sorts of energy damage, which could be really useful. Say you needed sonic energy to fight, you know, an alchemical golem. Uh, Otteron also is learning more about life and death from Nocticula and now has the lesson of death, being able to actually curse people to die. And they know that soon they'll be able to actually raise the dead, but they can't cast it yet because it's six circle. Uh, on top of that, they gain the ability to call people out with some witty words with Bon Mott and maybe, you know, disarm them a bit. That was their skill feat. And finally, uh, probably most interesting is their uh, 20 intelligence now and trained in every skill. What? They're, yeah, trained in every skill. The, I did increase charisma, increased wisdom as well. You know, they're learning more about the world as they interact, especially with their friends um, and travel around. But they know a little bit of everything now. And it's making it a bit easier to interact with the world. They're using some of that knowledge. Uh, to plan out all the different spells that they need. They're buying numerous scrolls, uh, basically just to feed Chilagosh, because that's how Chilagosh learns spells in order to help Otteron. So let's see, how many scrolls? Oh, 11 scrolls. Chilagosh is eating well. And that includes another powerful spell from uh, Secrets of Magic called Rip the Spirit. That will be somewhat devastating, but a lot of spells to help buff and boost the party um we'll see those i'm sure over time uh probably the most interesting uh, that i'm excited to cast is heroism uh with the downtime we have ahead atron's going to be crafting pretty much the whole time and why i needed to hear from lauren about haps expenditures is because atron's planning to craft antidotes moderate healing potions potions of fly and even some good oils because it's bound to bound to be necessary to fight some dangerous evil things we'll need those good oils to overcome some of that damage resistance and frying yes definitely you need to lubricate the pan before you fry <laughs> oh yeah Atron does now know the restyle spell 
So if anyone wants to change their clothing's color, boom, first level spell, permanent change. You know, you can, that's really you can, cool. You can transmog everyone. Mm-hmm. That's right. We can look like that rare gear that doesn't have good stats anymore. Everyone's yeah. getting the glam on. That wow. sounds like new artwork is what it sounds like to me. I love it. Everyone wants red clothing now, except for Ahara maybe wants it changed. Well, I guess well, we'll see how she's I, feeling about everything. I was actually thinking about just switching to regular like explorer's armor because it's got a higher max dex bonus. Um, and even though it would stay the same, I wouldn't be in clunky red armor anymore. <sighs> but I'm not sure. But it's your mom's armor. Yeah, but she is an evil person, and yeah, I, don't know. I, I have so mixed. Great, is it? <laughs> I have mixed feelings about that at this point. But she's still your mom. Misunderstood. I don't care what her maiden name was. Uh, now she's you know misunderstood, whatever. But like, I don't know her being a legendary assassin or something, and just right out murdering people is a little concerning. If I found out yeah, that my I'd mother, so. I've known my whole life, was a legendary assassin, I'd be, I'd be like, Mom, this is wicked cool. How come you didn't tell me about this? I'd be like, Mom, teach me everything you know. With that I being would, said, I would be like, teach me how many, you know. how many Uh-oh. sentient creatures have you killed since the beginning of this campaign? Just, just curious. Uh, only the ones who are trying to kill us. R- rough ballpark. Rough ballpark. Just curious. Only think? the ones that were trying to kill us. Okay. Okay. I'm just making sure. So. Uh-huh. Um, I the beholder. That's what I'm hearing. I the beholder. Um, uh-huh. Shoe on the other foot. Uh, kettle black. Um, there's a lot of lot of things come to mind right now. If That's my mother, it's not like real... we're getting contracts to go hunt people down in the name of a god right. of red mantises. No, exactly. you're getting contracts from a dead god to save the world. Maybe. Who knows? It's not like you have to hang around with an avatar of the red mantis. Jeez, like, come on. Oh, I know. Who is slowly turning into a mantis and soon will be by level 20 just an absolute dead ringer for Ekachek on the planet, on the face of Galarian. That's not what I I don't understand is why Alhara's father is still alive because don't usually the female mantises kill the mate? Yum, yum, yum. I don't think it's true with every species, but it's true with most. Yeah. I think it's with all mantises. Hey, Darius, I'm ordering something from Absalon. Do you want me to get you some mandible wax while I'm at it? Yes, I need mandible wax. Uh, um, also, it's a big bucket of flies. Yeah, can do. We Ew. can get you some giant flies. <laughs> yeah, the biggest flies you can find. Yum, yum, yum. I don't think mm. mantises eat flies. Autron's going to teach you of all the different kinds of bacon you can I try. Think, I think they eat their mates. I think it might be time for you to go visit no, no. a cat and uh, have a snack. Wow. Not how that goes. Uh, well, you I could. have this new magical bacon. It looks like lettuce, but it tastes like bacon. That's so fine. Eat that. If yeah. it tastes like it, I'll eat lettuce. Great. Or you can make it taste like flies. Mm, no. I can make flies taste like bacon. That's right. You can make flies taste like bacon mm. honestly i think i think if okay if we had an analog for eating like really big insects because you know in galarian they have the giant flies i feel like you could fry their carapace and make chips out of their chitin little chitin chips the rest of the world eats insects i think it's like the number one source of protein yep 
Acheron is a vegetarian, and now they are really a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, but it's not the number one source of enjoyed protein. How do you know? I think the rest of the world enjoys it. It's supposed to be quite yummy and tasty and crunchy. I, I know because I've been there, and it, it's it's a thing. Yeah, I have a lot of experience with that. And you loved eating them all the time. Yum, 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 yum. I yum. threw up mm. and, and embarrassed our party because it was Aww. so disrespectful. Aww. Well... You're just a, a rude American. That's true. Anyhow, <laughs> back in the world of Galarian. So you bought, I don't know, what are you buying? You guys have tons of stuff. I I don't even know what you bought because you did that off screen. Even I wasn't here. Yeah, I can tell you Acheron is not buying anything for themselves. They're only, well, I mean, they're buying Aww. scrolls, but nothing wow. to like. They're not buying They're anything to wear. I'm not buying anything. anything for myself except 11 scrolls. I meant, I meant like equipment to wear. It's all, most of it's even spells. Do you to even help need party. equipment? Ataron doesn't even wear clothes anymore. They, hey, they have enchanted robes. Okay. You don't need oh them, my goodness. though. If they I have mean, illusionary the... clothing, I swear I'm going to retire and not be an adventurer <laughs> anymore. The thing is, do you would it affect your AC if you walked around naked? Yes. Uh, it would? Huh? Yes. Yeah, I think because so. I, there's runes on those. My clothes. yeah, my armor's enchant my uh, robes are enchanted. Tattoos of enchantment. Oh, get no. you some get you some uh tattoos that give you some runic some runic tattoos. Right? I have a plus one armor potency and a resilience rune on my robes. Amen. I think you not wearing boots those. would make everything difficult terrain unless you're yeah, like right. a halfling. Mm, yes. Atron grew up with really messed up druids in a dark forest, so I presume a lot of them did not wear shoes. I imagine shoes. all those druids are nice people, and you're just judgmental. Oh. No. All right. Yeah. Anyhow. We're going to do a one shot where we go yeah. to the Uskwood, and everyone will be like, Atron, now we understand. We, we understand. <laughs> so, all right. So what what did you get? What did everyone get? What did people get? Go, Riley. What did you get, Riley? Riley got some pats on the head. He's a good boy. Good boy and still alive. Barely. Uh, Darius, what did you get? I have armbands of athleticism and a lifting belt. The armbands give me a bonus to my athletics, a plus two. And I believe when I do a climb check or swim check, it, does, it gives me an extra like five feet of movement. Correct. Then... Uh, the lifting belt uh, would give me an athletics boost, but it doesn't stack. But it lets me manipulate an item of eight bulk or less as if it weighed nothing, right? And yep. I think uh, I can activate something, activate the power for like a, a turn and, you know, do this, you know, do that weightlessness for something that I need to force open or yeah. something. Yep. You uh, become Hercules for like a minute. Yep. That's so cool. What did Alhara get? Uh, I only bought one item, and that is armbands of athleticism. Cheater. Hey, look, Cheater. Same Cheater. You're like, oh, so the dairy is good. After he laughed, he was like, can I have one of those too? I think uh, it's a good idea. We're matchy-matchy. There you go, brother and sister. Now your uh, athletic twins activate. But the best thing is that does not affect your assurance, does it? It does not affect assurance. Only the proficiency bonus affects assurance. Aww. What, is your, what is your assurance now? Is it 25 or 26? Oh, goodness. It should be 26. 
Wow. Yeah. Now it's becoming... Well, if your athletics is 22, and you automatically get a 26... Yep. Ooh, that insurance is not paying off. It's... You know, it's it's good because it ignores penalties. What it's really good for is that third attack. I don't want to hit it, take a negative 10. Because here's the thing. If I took a negative 10 on that third attack, my average roll would be, you know, it'd be 22. So it's it's not great. But if I can just guarantee a 26, that's not bad. Uh, especially for if I know that a creature has like really low reflex DC or really low fortitude DC, I can really mess him up with some combat maneuvers uh, using that assurance and I don't have to roll for it. But the plus 22 bonus is fantastic when I really need something to succeed. Yeah, I'm just curious. It's just interesting because everyone thinks assurance is broken and even I'm starting to see. Well, it starts off a little broken, but slowly but surely... Well, I, I think there are certain levels where it becomes more potent because it goes off of your proficiency bonus. Any level and like maybe one or two after where you can get a higher proficiency in whatever the skill is, that's when it really kicks in. Yeah. Or when you go up to uh, master, then it's going to... But that's what I mean. No, no. It's like yeah, we'll trained, see. it's nah. And then as soon as you get to be an expert, it's really good. And then it starts to get meh again until you can get master and then it's really good again and so it kind of keeps bouncing back and forth like that but really it's it's best for that third action attack where you have a huge penalty and you know the ogre has a terrible reflex save and you're just like and on your butt like that's what we did that clay golem right we just Mm -hmm. kept knocking it down with assurance Mm -hmm. because even though it was big and strong and powerful it was slow as heck and so it was really easy to just keep knocking it down and then hap we know got a coin and some thing amid bog that makes her fireproof or something well i should also mention this other stuff because i bought some really weird stuff too what like what? weird weird where it's going to be like that's really creative and you're going to be frustrated with me for when i use smoke sticks because i can see through smoke sticks and others can't so it's like if i'm in trouble too, let me just pop we're gonna die and just keep going yep yeah so I brought five of those. I bought a greater smoke stick. At like level ten, everything has everything has, has vision path. The dark vision's gone. Dark Even greater vision dark isn't, vision. They all have senses. Stick. They all have life sense. They all have all these things that totally don't rely on vision. But cool. Well, I'm glad Sounds... you're not worried about it. Let's. Oh, I'm not. I'm totally. If, if one of us eats our words, and then the last thing I got, don't which worry, I do have no to worry. mention. Is I'm I'm matching Darius. We're twinsies now. I got hand wraps of mighty blows. Mm-hmm. That way, when I go all fire elemental and I go punch people with fire, yeah, yeah, I got hand wraps of mighty blows, and they're striking too. Okay, okay. And what did Otteron get other than eleven scrolls? Yeah, Otteron bought eleven scrolls to feed to Chilagos because Chilagos is a growing, you know, familiar. Um, learned two new formula for moderate antidotes and moderate antiplagues. And that's it. Otherwise, they uh, spend all their time crafting. So how much time do you need in this area before you can mosey on over? Well, in this uh, area... Hap needed three weeks. Yeah, but we can arrive at the next place like three weeks later, right? Well, I mean, it won't take you that long. I mean, Carrick's only a day away, and then... Character cast and leads only sixteen miles, so it's not exactly like oh, I see five I see. months. So we kind of stay yeah. here for that time. I see. Well, you can go to Carrick. I mean, that's kind of the bigger place. Or yeah, it's whatever you decide. Um, it's where we get free room and board. 
Oh, it's up to oh, you. never mind. That's next level. Next level, I get free room board everywhere. Oh, oh I know from the skill feed, huh? Uh, yeah. All right. Oh, it's the general. All right. Feed? Oh, maybe. All anyway. right. Well, let me know when you're ready to move on and start uh and start a playing. Yeah, let's push fast forward on <laughs> on on getting secrets of magic spells and then and then start playing. Three weeks later. I hang out All with right. the pug people. Well, you're gonna hang out with the uh, that's uh, the pug people. They're in uh, Fernie, so they're in a different place. And you can hang out with them there. You can go to Madcleave. You can go revisit Old Karu's place if you want, uh, since you ran out of there so quick. Um, you go back to Carrick, hang out there if room, room and board, and do any if you want to investigate more or not, um, or just. Call it a day and just fast forward and go to the hollows and uh, cast and Lee, which is probably next eight places to go. You tell me. I think we wanted to. Well, we wanted to go to Fernie at some point after the Wellspring Tower since we hadn't gone yet. Yeah. Oh, we had a party with them, remember? It was Ewok style. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, party cool. with them. All right. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, guys did. you had a big party. But. Yeah. All right. There wasn't, wasn't there like a festival that we were going to do our circus at? That is at the like later, later That's place. in Turbin Road. Tur- yes. Turbin Row. Yeah. Turbin when is Row. that happening? Is that within those three weeks? Uh, that is um, exactly, uh, we'll say it's uh, four weeks from now. Oh, okay. Or four and a half weeks that it starts. So there you sure. go. How fortuitous. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, I love it. It's right after you, well, because if you look on the map, um, you go from Carrick to Castanley is 16 miles, and then Castanley to Turpin Rove is 16 miles, too. So, it, you know, it's like there's no point in not going in that order. I mean, there's these other places you can go to, like Arbo and Stump and Brune and Chawsacks. Uh, but well, yeah, you know, it looks like we're going to stop in this spooky place called The Hollows. Uh, by the way, Life mm. Root Stone, which is the next tower, is also right next to Castanley. Convenient, so, I think so. Yes, so if you want to go in that order. Uh, and then the old forest tower is all the way to the east mm. near Turpin Road. Before we leave Carrick, after these few weeks of learning and training and shopping, Acheron gives Darius two moderate healing potions and gives two moderate healing potions to Alhara. Thank you. And then we'll give each of them also two moderate antidotes. Oh, thank you. So Darius now has three moderate antidotes. Mm-hmm. The rest of the stuff I've crafted, Otteron is holding on to for now. But over the course of those three weeks, would have described, hey, I'll have extra antidotes ready. I'll have some more potions, just a couple uh, for healing. And everyone would know that Atron has some fly potions and some oils that imbue good energy for helping fight demons and other dangerous things from beyond. Beyond. This world. You got it. You are beyond the world. All right. Uh, do you hang out in Vandy's house? Opera Vandy? During this yes, time? definitely. That's where the we ghost is. Oh, no. The ghost. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And now mm-hmm. I can call on the spirits to help me fight this ghost imposter. Mm. <laughs> you know nothing. We actually do know nothing. That's true. That's good. That's good. 
during this time in Carrick, you learn a little bit more about this place. And sure enough, during your three-week sabbatical, because adventuring is hard work and you need, everyone needs a vacation, so this is your vacation from yourselves. No circus, just sit back, relax, enjoy the sights, no, no food places, no bars, nothing. Just contemplation. Contemplating the secrets of magic? That's right. Contemplating the secrets of magic. And going through the, uh, the catalog for things to get from the bazaar. Otteron is nonstop working in their cauldron, making alchemy and potions, literally from the very first day to the very end. Alhara is working out, winning bar bets left and right. While also using these newfound like aquatic powers, she spends a decent amount of time diving into the harbor around Carrick and just sort of Ooh. exploring sea caves and swimming up the river that's right there, the, uh, what is it, the Husna River, uh, just just exploring underwater where she couldn't go before. What does Darius do, Darius? I mean, if it's just relaxing, he's just doing his taking his day very easily, you know, getting up, doing his regular exercises and, you know, things like that, and if he's just in town, you know, just talking to people and uh, being a friendly, helpful guy. Darius, do you want to go sit on the beach with me? I'll make you a lawn chair. Comfiest one you've ever seen. Uh, oh, yes, of course. Nice. Okay. During your time there, you, um, you hear rumors. You actually hear rumors that things are looking better in the Swarth. That's what they call it here. Now that you're becoming, you know, one with the area. No one calls it Swardlands. That's way too, you know, cumbersome. It's called the Sward. Hey, Sward. Yeah, Sward. So anyhow, the Sward is is starting to do a little bit better because someone fixed the Wellspring Tower and that area is no starting to way. come back to life. Now, the South is still a total mess, but the people of Fernie and Maddencleave, they're pretty happy. And uh, your your patron, he, he Mr. Vandy, he's really happy because suddenly his life has gotten a little bit easier. So he's, he's really happy. And while you're there, you also uh, find out a little bit about new places you need to go, which is Castanley and... This place, you find out a few things. First of all, you find out that Castle is the apple capital of the inner sea. That's right. Nobody grows an apple like the Castle Crisp. I just hope that uh, the blight over Maddencleave doesn't make it this far. The orchards are already producing less in Castle mm. from what you hear. So, yeah, they were worried that that blight was going to spread all the way down to the south. You also hear about this trail that you need to take that goes through an area called the Hollows. You hear that uh, the Hollows is a cemetery on a hillock in a lowland area at the foot of the Solwyn Hills. And the main road goes right by there. In fact, the Hollows used to be a pretty bustling area. And at one time, a pretty big town was there. But... The area was very difficult to farm, so they picked up and moved down to Castle But there's still actually a lot of tombs there and a lot of people buried there, so they still kind of use it as a burial site. 
You also hear that there's uh, been a lot less burying in the Hallows since most of the funeral duties went over to Opera Vandy in Carrick. But you hear that there's one very prominent Shuni gravedigger who handles all the burials in the Hallows. And they say he sings to the dead and the spirits answer him. He's very well liked. You also find out a little bit about uh, the Life Rude Stone Tower, which is nearby. You hear that it's an old ruined tower like the others they call towers throughout the Sward. However, this one, it's in really bad shape. An old foot trail from the hollows follows the base of the hills all the way to the Life Rude Stone. But you hear of all the towers, this one's in really, really bad shape and uh, almost completely gone. And last but not least, uh, Castelline information you find out is that would-be conquerors of Absalon took up in the old days to plan their attack in the city in Castelly. It said they created statues from stone and clay to smash the city's walls. Of course, it went about it as well as it did with the rest of them over in the Carnlands, and now the uh, tower's upper half is completely rubble, and most of the statues too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, you've heard that there's uh, a lot of weird statues in the area near Castanley, you know. Some supposedly walk around. I wouldn't worry about that so much, you know. It's from the old days when people were attacking Absalon and just, you know, making living statues to... Uh, as their brute force army, so don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. And yeah, that's it. So the Hollows is on the way. Castanly, you find out also, is the most prominent farming center in the Swardlands, next to Maddenclave. There's a population of a little bit over 2,000 people. Overseen by the mayor, Juplin Craigs, is a gnome. He's a cabbage farmer who was elected mayor. And there is a huge crop of apples, peaches, and pecans Ooh. in Castanley. That is where most of the crop comes from for this area. Did we get the singing gravedigger Shuni's name? And is it K.K. Slider by chance? You, yeah, you can uh, ask around. It's actually quite easy to find out the name because he's quite famous. His name is Boralu. Oh, wait. Yeah, we gotta go recruit him. I'm guessing that'll be an opportunity. I don't know. Boralu, like Babalu. Ooh. Babalu. Yeah, he's a singer. A Shuni singer who sings to the spirits. Everyone loves that. I love it. And let's see. What do you find out about the Hollows? I'll give you a little bit of information. Oh, on the we'll hollows. get the music trait from him. I need the music trait. <laughs> What are you talking about? There's no. What are you talking about? Music trait. You don't know how to sing. You know oh. you can take some lessons while you're waiting around. Oh my goodness! I'm a master in performance. Thank you very much. There you go. Uh, here we go. Less than four miles north of Castanley is the Castanley Hollows burial ground, also just known as the Hollows. And as I said before, it's kind of a marshy, boggy area, and it originally was a settlement, but it's been really hard for people to live there. They tried to drain it, and it just it just didn't work out well. So they moved down to Castanley about four miles south, but they still had a lot of people dead there. Oh, yeah, because 
there's some, you know, it's still kind of like a marshland and a little bit, you know, miry. Every so often they come across mummified bodies, you know, preserved in the water that come back. Don't worry about that. That's just, you know, just, just something that happens. I That's good history. It. What are you talking about? They belong in a museum. Okay, sure. Uh-oh. By the way, oh, no. that's a real-life thing that happens because the bodies get really well-preserved in bogs and then they sink down to the bottom. But then over time, and it could be literally years, if not decades later, they will eventually come up to the surface. It can be centuries later, even. Yeah, right. And then people think that's why they think they're haunted, because this actually happens, like, all the time in real life. So, anyhow, so you hear good things, people are talking, things are getting a little bit better. Is everyone ready to, uh, just about ready to go? Yeah, I think so. I say we're ready to go. Let's do cool. it. Cool. Everyone give me a will save, except Oteron. Oh, no. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. Did anyone hear me earlier? <laughs> no. 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 Oh my gosh, I started the adventure with a two. I rolled a two. Darius, 19 38. You're fine. App 24. Oh, Alhara, what did you roll a two? Mm-hmm. Are you going to keep that? You're, you're just trying to leech my hero point from me. <laughs> yeah, but it's I'm so easy to do. if you're going to keep it. You tell me. Well, I don't care either you way. You tell me if it was a, was it a failure or a critical failure. Um, eighteen. Is this about failure. is this about sleeping with Opera Vandy? Because I definitely don't want to do that. No, that was <laughs> just you're just sleeping. You're just going to sleep and waking up, or trying to wake oh. up, trying to wake up. Uh, so. sure. What the heck? Yeah, I don't. I don't want a critical fail. A will save. That sounds like bad news. Twenty six total. So you all go to sleep. You all wake up. Atron wakes up. New problem whatsoever. Another day, another dollar. Darius wakes up. Darius, fine. Little, a little, you know, restless, but he's used to it by now. He's being visited by gods and demons and assassins. Well, What's not another? lately. Well, right? yeah, but you're used to it. Not well, lately. Wait, 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 wait. I haven't had a a, a, a dream or a vision from Atchikek since. No, you have it, which Since is also... I, yeah, yeah, but that's also concerning in a way. <laughs> so, yes. Like, I mean, I'm like, concerned, but he hasn't visited me. No, even no, Mantis he, assassins take a break. Yeah, yeah. yeah he just... He just right. he, he, he had some uh, disturbing... Uh, some disturbing dreams. Ahara. Rolls a, a 28. Pretty good. Pretty good, Ahara. Cool. App rolls a 24. Ahara. You had a, a nightmare. What? With a 28? Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're level 10 now. Mm-hmm. Everything's a 30. Uh-huh. I rolled a 10, so this is my average roll on a will save. And if it fails by more than two, that's that's what really stinks. All right. Hap and Alhara both wake up in the middle of the night with nightmares. Terrible, terrible nightmare. Alhara. Yeah? You dreamt. Of a black horse with glowing eyes and hoofs of flame, and it was chasing you. Oh my gosh. And you tried to get away. You tried to dodge. You tried to use all the athletics you had, jump out of the way, dodge, roll, kick. It didn't matter. 
this monstrous horse was chasing you. And just as it was about to run you down, you woke up. <gasps> uh, feel like I've run a mile. Or ten. <sighs> I better go run a mile or ten. That'll shake it off. Hap also has a horrible nightmare. She has a nightmare of instead of seeing Bardoff, and she oh. is at the camp, and she's trying to save Bardoff. As you see the trailer he was in going up in flames. No. And you hear, you hear the screams of Bardoff, and you're trying hard as you can to open up the door, but you can't. You can't open up the door and your hands are getting burned even though you know you should be immune to fire and you're doing everything in your power and then when you finally open up the door just flames and you see Bardolph consumed and then you wake up you are also fatigued anyhow time to go to uh, the Hallows and Castle I don't know I think we just go to bed another night <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean come on. you can do that uh, doesn't rest? Doesn't one of the restorations take care of fatigue? Beats me. Possibly. Let me go look at the heightened version because I, I know that the normal version doesn't, but it used to, which is why I'm thinking. What? About it. Uh, reduce the condition such as clumsy and feeble or stupefied. Uh, lessen a toxin. Yeah. Nothing about about being tired anymore for any yeah. level of it. It looks like. Yeah. At fourth, you get doomed. Cool. I love this. You can go to sleep again. Whatever you want. You guys can just say, you know what? I'm not up for it today. Let's let's have another day off. Let's take another me day. What's confusing me is that you didn't hear what I said. All right, everybody else make a will save. Like, what on earth did we miss? I've been sitting here listening to everything. Anyhow, you tell me. Darius feels fine. I mean, you know, he was a little... Oh, yeah. I feel eh. great. Atron yeah. feels great. Atron feels fine. Fantastic! Super. Now great. let's just let's just get a cart, and I'll just sleep on the way there. That we can works. afford it. Let's just what? Did you have a bad? <laughs> you have a bad night, Hap? You need a full night's rest. Yeah, to, but I mean, so but, tired. Look, it's sixteen miles away, right? Uh yes, the Hallows is twelve miles. Twelve miles away? Yeah, you know, good. Time it. to head south. Yes. Let's just take our time. I'll sleep through lunch, and we'll yep. get a good good eight good eight hours, right? Well. Probably a good hour or two. What? It's how yeah. fast do you think people walk? Be this way, it's a full night's rest. It's up to you. Are you gonna? You can try to do the sleep if you want. I think I'm not gonna say no. I'm do. gonna try to sleep. And okay. If it if it's not enough, then that's fine. But I'm nope. tired no and problem. I don't want to wake up. And I'm gonna spend it. the money on a cart. You got it. All right. So don't well, you could sleep on one of the circus carts, couldn't you? Yeah, you just bring the whole circus with you and go down to. Are we, uh, are we bringing the whole circus with us? Probably. I mean, that's kind oh, of what okay. you wanted to do. Well, then I'll sleep in my cart. All right, even better. So you guys all go down, do 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 on the big map. Everyone's going Ooh, down. Look does at anyone, that. Does anyone sleep as uh, except Hap? Yeah, Alhara will will take a nap back there too. Cool. Good job, Alhara and Hap. Give me will saves. Uh oh. Okay. This is what I thought. Well, 27 still isn't going to do it. I rolled an 8 this time. My goodness. 
I don't know if the root magic is back yet, if the other one was considered yesterday or today, but... Yeah, well, you would have gotten a new one before we left, so technically, yes. Okay, well then, 33. Okay, you go down the path, you take some naps, full night's rest, because you're going to be up all night now. Uh, good news is Alhara wakes up. You had a dream, but you can't remember it, though. Mm. You're no longer fatigued. Oh, okay. Uh, Hap, you had the same dream. I probably had trouble sleeping, yeah. Yep, you couldn't, you couldn't sleep. No, no, you slept. Oh. You just kept having nightmares. Yeah, that wakes you up all night, trust me. From somebody who's kept up all night by nightmares, trust me. Anyhow. These ones. There you go. So, as you, uh, as you're heading on down there, you get to the hollows. Woo! An isolated stretch of woodland. Uh-oh. No, I mean, that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, do you go through it? Yeah. All right, here we go. It's actually very easy to do. Let's just move you. Uh-huh. All right, it's kind of dark. It's getting, it's like pretty dark now, sort of. We're getting dark. The road passes through a swampy lowland between the hills and the plains here. It's muddied and furrowed from years of traffic on its soft surface, and standing water forms puddles in the ruts. Willows grow purposefully in this area, and between them, the stony outcrops of the rising hills to the north and the west, there's a shadowy, close quality to the air, unlike the bright, open feel of the rest of the Swartlands. It is as if you've taken a step away from the sunlit fields and villages into a darker, more remote land altogether. The road parallels an iron fence along the north side, where the ground rises to a large hillock covered in willows. Spread out in the gloom beneath these trees are limestone and marble tombstones. An open gate to the fence bears an elaborate wrought iron arc, bearing the words... Castanley Hollow's burying ground. The track branches off and climbs the hill among the trees. A mournful song comes from that direction. And sure enough, as you get closer to the cart, you can hear off in the distance someone singing. Oh, please let me have this one, guys. I want to... I want to cast a spell. Fireball. I'm going to... I'm going to summon a a flaming violin, and I want to what? play along with with the mournful song. I want to accompany it with music. Oh. Ooh, I love it. Forty-two, which is probably a little Whoa. bit higher because I have items, and then Ooh. you know, yeah, and then fatigue. It's a nineteen on the die. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um. So you you start to play. And as you play, suddenly the person who was singing stops singing, and they they say, "Who's there?" Hey, Who's... don't stop singing. We had a good thing going on. Oh, I, I, uh, show yourselves. I, I don't know who that is. You, you, you scared oh, me. Interrupted my we're song. At the gate. Okay. Well, you hear it like it, the song is like two hundred feet away, at least to the northwest. It's quite far. Oh, okay. Mm, we will come up. Do not um, be afraid. Ataran will kind of like follow after the others. Yeah, Alhara will lead the way, looking around, trying to find the source of this music. 
Well, you see a Shuni, oh. and they are working on a grave. And it looks like a Shuni working on digging a grave on the gentle slope of the hill. As you as you see him sing and hear him sing, you hear a crooning of a melancholy song that's both haunting and heart-wrenching. And as he's singing, you see hundreds of fireflies surround him and dance in sync with him singing. Ooh. Um, okay, I do that too, because that's literally what I do. Do what? You're a firefly? Uh, yeah. Remember all my embers, my magical embers floating around me? It's only been a thing since day one. Okay, well, these are real fireflies, not fake embers. So well, anyhow, his are fake embers, not real embers like mine. So anyhow, as the fireflies gather around the Shuni, and they dance gracefully in time with his song, and he continues his work here, and he seems to be at ease with you um, coming into the graveyard. Seems like people visiting is pretty normal because this is a burial ground, and he's just working. Ataran will say quietly, this is probably Borolu, the Shuni grave singer we heard of. And he seems to have finished his digging after a few moments. And he puts a shovel down. He stops singing. And as soon as he stops singing, all the fireflies just disappear. They just fly away real quick. And he looks at you and he's like, Ah, uh, nice to meet you all. Oh, I uh, I didn't know that you're... Didn't expect anyone to come. Uh, I'm expecting a delivery in a moment now. Are you here to visit somebody? Pay respects? No. We are traveling south to Castanelli. Ah, okay. Uh, sure enough, yeah, I'm uh, going to Castanelli all the time. Well, that's where I live. So, uh, pleased to meet you. I'm, uh, I'm Burlu. Some people call me Burlu the Dead Singer, because, uh, well, I sing to the dead. I'm the uh, local grave digger and mortician in this area, and I uh, manage this uh, graveyard here. It is um, good to meet you. We have heard of you. Oh, nice to meet you, too. And uh, who might you all be? It looks like you have quite a quite a caravan there. Are you uh, are you that circus we've heard about? Ataran is just nodding. Oh, okay. Days, oh, go on forward. It's good to hear. We actually, need, uh, we actually need some entertainment around here. I mean, I provide my own entertainment to myself, but I think people can use some... Some uh, entertainment, some uh, something to look forward to, something to keep everyone's uh, spirits up. I mean, I do what I can, but, you know, with my singing and try to make something that happens in life that's usually hard a little bit easier for everybody. Mm, well, I am Ataran, and um, this is Hap, and Riley, and Aha, and Dias. Um, we are... And I'm Darius. <laughs> we are part of the circus, yes. Um, although we are somewhat, um, more involved with, um, looking into problems from Upper Vandy and investigating some of the towers because of Zolgath attacks. But, um, we are happy to be giving, uh, something back to the people as we travel. Oh, oh. That's, uh, that's a beautiful thing to, uh, to hear. Uh, as he says that, you hear, coming from the south, a creak of axles and the light of a lantern coming uh -oh. up the road. 
And he says, oh, uh, this is uh, the delivery I was expecting. Don't be alarmed. Don't be alarmed. Sure enough, you see a human male riding a horse with a cart. And on the cart, you see a plain, single pine coffin. He says, don't, don't take offense. This is Cleve. He was just, uh, well, delivering me this poor soul from Castanley. And we need to bury her tonight. Hmm. Atron looks to the others. That is no problem. Do you need assistance? We got this magic shovel. Oh, mm-hmm. well, uh, if you wish, uh, I uh, have everything ready here. This is my job. And then Cleve just sort of nods and looks at you. And sure enough, you see a mid-aged male human. And he gets off. And Boralu and Cleve quickly go to the back and respectfully take the coffin and they open it up a little just to make sure that everyone is everything is correct that they're not burying the wrong person yeah yeah (laughs) and they look in there and you see a young girl and they just look at each other and shake their heads and saying oh sad sad this is uh anaya she's a local teenage girl she had no family so, unfortunately, there's no one here to mourn her, except us. Do you know how she passed? Yes, yes. Clive looks over and talks to her and says, Yeah, she was, uh, she was a little bit rough around the edges. What I understood is that she ran around the sward with a group of young delinquents, mostly stealing chickens, knocking over outhouses, you know, that sort of thing. But... She was in good health. I mean, she was young. She couldn't have been more than 16 or so. She was found dead in her hovel this morning without a mark on her. She just passed away in her sleep. Mm. Hmm. Darius, can you check her over? I wonder if she died like the other people. Yeah, I'll I'll do it. See if I... May I? We've had other people die mysteriously without a mark that Hmm. we've been told about. Hmm, okay, sure. And I'll do the check and um, see what we can find out. 35. Uh, yeah, you look around, and she looks kind of haggard and hollow-eyed. It looks like she died of fright, if there's such a thing. She died of fright like the other. Huh. Clive hears that, because that's strange, because the neighbor said that she's been complaining about horrible nightmares the last mm. few days and she's been screaming and waking up with these terrible nightmares and she complained about seeing some little girl in her dreams yes hmm. there is some sort of entity that is um haunting people's dreams it uh it is something Upper Vandy has asked us to look into, but we have not been able to solve yet. It seems it has moved on to Castelli then. Oh, well, it's it's happened a few times down here. I've, mm. I've heard rumors that a couple of people have died throughout the Sward, most of them up north, but we've had a few over here, and and Morlu looks at it and says, Yeah, yeah, we a uh, couple, couple, not a lot. They're all in pretty good health, and man, they weren't the nicest people. 
they weren't the best of people, but yeah, they all just died suddenly. Kind of odd. But now you mention it, they did look like they were kind of scared, or they looked like they didn't have any sleep for several days. It looked like, yeah, it looks very similar to her now. Think about it. Sort of a <gasps> hollowed look, what? dark eyes. Like they uh, haven't been getting much sleep. It is the entity. It comes at night. Mm. I was just remembering something bad is all. What? I was thinking of Bardolph. That's why I couldn't sleep. You had a nightmare. Well, yeah, but that's not uncommon after what we've seen. It's also dangerous to have those here. Clearly. Well, uh... If you want to help, we're gonna um, we're gonna bury her, say some last respects, and then cover her up. It's the least we can do. Anyone from the town of Castle whether or not they have family, gets buried here. It's part of being in our community. That is good to do. And with that, uh, they slowly close up the coffin and put her into the ground. Cleve and Borlu. Say a few words. Seems like they've done this many, many times. And they ask if uh, if you have anything to say. Or if anyone would like to say anything. What was her name? Aliyah. Hmm. Aliyah, we'll figure out what did this to you. And we're going to put a stop to it. I promise that. Okay. And with that, they bow their heads. And start putting the dirt back over her. And now it's kind of dark. And how long does it seem like that will take? Um, 10 minutes at most. Great. I would like to use something if I can. Okay. Um, I think Ataran pulls out a dark candle and sets it on the ground in front of them and lights it and starts whispering some chanting. Um, words to call on the spirits and I want to use my uh where is it consult the spirits Ooh. how long does that take 10 minutes while you're consulting the spirits in the middle of your spell about five minutes in you hear a voice coming from the trees and you see a light way to the northeast and you hear Hello? 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 Do we all hear it or just our turn? Everyone hears it. That's oh. odd. Alhara's going to go investigate. Hello? 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 And I'll, I'll ask the gravedigger, are you feeling, are you expecting more visitors? Oh, there's visitors all time of day. The graveyard's never really closed. Sometimes people do get lost. It's quite large and a little boggy here, so. Hello? Hello? Hello, I'm shouting back. Hello. Ahara's gonna be sneaking around Hello? using stuff for cover, trying to approach the sound. Okay. As you sneak around and you hear this voice, you see hiding behind the bushes the weirdest sight you've probably ever seen. Uh-oh. You see this lean, hairy humanoid with a lanky torso horned head, bulbous black eyes, and there's light coming from him because one of his hands is made of candlesticks and 
has the wicks are on fire. Lumiere? Is that what? you? And as Alhara and it see each other, you're both like, <gasps> Roll for combat! What? You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at rollforcombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at discord.rollforcombat.com. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that the producers of Roll for Combat are not responsible for any listeners who begin attending satanic cult meetings after being exposed to role-playing. 